，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Offson 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。Typhoon Koinu's periphery reached eastern Taiwan at nine o'clock Wednesday morning. The eye of the storm is expected to slam into Taiwan's southeastern coast Thursday morning. Koinu is said to be the first October typhoon to make landfall in 16 years. Orchid Island and Green Island will be the first to bear the brunt. They'll see downpours and strong winds starting Wednesday night. As the storm continues on its path, areas including Taichung, Hengchun, Hualien, and southern Taiwan will also see severe rains and winds. Intermittent rains are expected in the north and northeastern regions. With the storm moving in, residents of southern and eastern Taiwan are bracing for impact. In Tainan, oyster farmers rush to harvest or relocate their shellfish. In Taichung, locals took precautions against flooding and reinforced their roofs with cables. Earlier in the day, downtown Taichung was engulfed by a sandstorm caused by strong winds whipping up dust from riverbanks. A thick haze shrouds the street. A dust storm descended on Taichung City Wednesday afternoon, becoming the talk of the town. And not long after the sandstorm, rain began to pour. Sources say the sand deposited on the city was blown in from the nearby Beinan and Taiping rivers. Outside the city, Green Island saw strong wind gusts and tall waves. Fishing boats piled into the harbor for refuge. Over in Nantian Village, locals made typhoon preparations. We're laying down sandbags and securing the roof with steel ropes. Typhoons haven't hit in four or five years, so I feel like I'm missing some precautions. We handed out sandbags in areas prone to flooding. People can register for them and collect them for use as flood prevention. We've also taken precautions to secure the Takeshi Kaneshiro tree. Over in Tainan, the Chigu District Longshan Temple began to dismantle a festival structure due to the storm, but the edifice was torn apart by strong winds before it was stored away. We reinforced some parts of the structure and took down some other parts that would be more exposed to the wind to reassemble at a later time. There's been some damage, but it's all minor. Shellfish farmers in Chigu and Beiman districts relocated oyster-growing ropes and rushed to harvest some before the storm. Sometimes, if the wind is too strong, the oysters get thinner. They also get smaller during spring tide. October is oyster season at the Chigu and Beiman lagoons. Farmers fear the typhoon and heavy rains will dilute the salinity of the sea, causing shellfish to die or lower its quality. Some got to work early in the morning, moving the oysters away, while others shipped the harvest to market quickly ahead of the storm. National Taiwan Normal University has launched an interdisciplinary college that's focused on emerging tech fields. The College of Industry Academia Innovation will offer graduate degrees in two fields: artificial intelligence and green energy. It will bring together resources from 12 domestic companies, including AUO Corporation and E Inc. President Tsai Ing-wen and other top government officials attended the unveiling ceremony. 
President Tsai Ing-wen, Education Minister Pan Wenzhong and business leaders stand side by side as they inaugurate the College of Industry Academia Innovation of National Taiwan Normal University. On the green energy front, the global consensus is to transition to net zero by 2050. We are both determined and obligated to achieve this goal. In the future, smart grids, energy storage, and conservation technologies will play a crucial role in the development of Taiwanese industry supply chain. To create the new program, National Taiwan Normal University partnered with 12 companies, including AUO Corporation, Kimpo Group, and E-Inc pooling resources in technology, engineering, and science. The goal is to cultivate interdisciplinary talent. Through mechanisms that facilitate cooperation between industry, government, and academia, students can better understand industry needs and become more competitive in the job market while we nurture talent that our country needs. With artificial intelligence, it takes a lot of time for input to result in output. It also requires a lot of manpower and material resources. So we must do more of this in the future, building a foundation and investing in multiple professions and fields of expertise. We'll find ourselves always having to push harder. The rise of AI has had an impact on industries around the world, rapidly increasing demand for AI talent. Schools are creating interdisciplinary departments focused on AI, in hopes that cross-sector collaboration will nurture much-needed talent and boost the nation's competitiveness. A stable power grid is crucial for economic development. To meet electricity demand and boost grid resist resilience, nations around the world have increasingly invested in virtual power plants. To explore this technology and its latest trends, ITRI, or the Industrial Technology Research Institute, held a forum that brought together domestic and foreign experts. Itri hopes that through such exchanges, Taiwan can establish a comprehensive ecosystem for virtual power plants, allowing them to become a key resource. Solar panels on rooftops soak up energy from the sun. Due to Taiwan's high population density, it's difficult to build large, centralized solar power plants. To explore an alternative, the Industrial Technology Research Institute held a seminar on the concept and development trends of virtual power plants. Virtual power plants can aggregate distributed energy resources such as renewable energy resources, stored energy, and demand response sources. They consolidate these sources and through systematic adjustments provide stability and balance to the power grid, much like a traditional power plant. Virtual power plants integrate various energy sources to rapidly satisfy electricity demand, making the grid more resilient. When used in tandem with Taipower's energy trading platform, users can become producers and help balance electricity supply and demand. We launched the energy trading platform around 2021. Since then, the capacity handle virtually has surpassed 1,000 megawatts. As of last month, more than 95 producers had joined. Electric scooter companies, hotels, convenience stores, and tech firms have all joined Taiwan's virtual power plant. The concept of a virtual power plant, which was conceived in Germany, has also been introduced in Japan. Through demand response, Japan has mainly seen reduced electricity demand from factories and large buildings. The forum brought together domestic and foreign experts who shared their experiences to help Taiwan build a comprehensive ecosystem and harness the potential of virtual power plants as an important power source. 
A firefighter from Geelong recently completed a month-long exchange with firefighters from Okinawa. Lee Ray was at Tobu Fire Department to practice rope rescues and water rescues with his Japanese peers. He says it was a fascinating chance to broaden his horizons and learn how the work he loves is done in another country. Firefighters in full uniform scale the side of the building with support from their team. The rope rescue drill is complete. One member of the team at this drill in Okinawa is Taiwanese Lee Yi Rei. We need to ensure our own safety and safely bring down the casualty, so we use ropes for the rescue. Okinawa Tobu Fire Department restarted its international exchange this year. Lee, a member of Geelong's Chidu Fire Station, spent one month at the Okinawan Station. Apart from this invaluable rope rescue training, he practiced water rescue. Unlike in Taiwan, Japanese water rescue missions make use of rubber dinghies and jet skis. The jet ski can reach the casualty swiftly, so the rescue is quicker. That's something we can learn from, the speed with which a jet ski can assist the operation. Lee was able to benefit from the exchange of practical skills, but he said it was also a chance to look at the firefighting from a new, more international perspective. He's looking forward to sharing his learnings with the team back home. Four Taiwanese firms are helping Chinese tech giant Huawei build chip factories in China in order to circumvent U.S. chip sanctions. That's according to an investigation by Bloomberg. The accusation comes as Huawei launches a smartphone that uses an advanced 7-nanometer chip, raising questions about whether U.S. sanctions were violated. The White House's National Security Council has addressed the report. There were Taiwanese firms that are helping China um, develop uh, chip factories in China. Is the U.S. investigating possible export control violations there? So I've seen the press reports. I can't confirm the accuracy of those reports one way or another. Obviously, no surprise to us that Huawei will be looking uh, to find ways to continue uh, uh, illicit production of of semiconductors and particularly working uh, throughout the PRC to do that. I can't confirm the specific reports about Taiwan. And then on uh, export controls, again, no announcements or anything to make today. The four companies named by Bloomberg have also responded to the report. They emphasized that their engagement with Chinese clients was fully legal. They said they only provided services such as clean room setup and chemical supply system engineering. On Wednesday, Taiwan's economics ministry once again warned Taiwan firms not to leak critical technologies to China. The 60th Golden Horse Awards nominees are out. Their stiff competition for Best Leading Actor with co-stars Xu Guanghan and Austin Lin both making the short list for their roles in Marry My Dead Body. They're also against past Golden Horse Award winner Ethan Zhuan and first-time nominees Wu Kangren and Wang Bojie. In the Best Leading Actress category, industry veteran Monica Liu was nominated for her role as a hair salon owner in Day Off. She's in contention against Jennifer Yu and three first-time nominees, including 12-year-old Audrey Lin. Uh, 
a still of Xu Guanghan in Marry My Dead Body flashes on the screen, eliciting shrieks of excitement. But the biggest surprise was yet to come. Austin Lin, a protagonist in the same film, also made the shortlist. Even announcer Anthony Wong exclaimed in awe. In the 60th Golden Horse Awards, other contenders for Best Lead Actor are Wu Kangren from Abang Adik and Wang Bojie from Eye of the Storm. There's also past Golden Horse Award winner Ethan Zhuang returning after 13 years for his role in The Pig, The Snake, and The Pigeon. Monica Liu, who plays a hair salon owner in Day Off, is back in the running for Best Leading Actress four decades after winning a Golden Horse. She's up against 12-year-old Audrey Lin, Hu Ling, Jennifer Yu, and Zhuang Xue Ying. Snow in Midsummer dominates the shortlist, earning nine nominations in categories including Best Narrative Feature and Best Director. Its cast member Wan Feng is up for Best Supporting Actress. Who portrayed a mafia boss in Miss Shampoo earned a nomination for Best New Performer. The stage is set for tough competition, and the winners will be unveiled on November 25th. Train buffs, we've got a treat for you tonight. An early look inside the train formal census. For the first time, Alishan Forest Railway gave reporters access to the interior of the new luxury train. The cars are crafted with two types of domestically harvested cypress wood. Here's more about the train. Formal census represents 10 firsts for the forest railway. Of course, no other railway has these features either. These features are truly unparalleled. For example, the use of Taiwan Red Cypress and Hinoki Cypress. Only three countries in the world, Taiwan, Japan and the US, have these types of Cypress. There are six variants in all. We have these two, which we use for the carriage interior. The fragrance of the wood and its natural green are very soothing and resistant to decay. Among the six variants, the ones from Taiwan are the best, the most iconic. Other unique features include digital art frames inside the car as well as aviation-grade modular restrooms. Operations on a section of the Alishan Rail will start by March 2024. By next July, the entire Alishan Rail line is expected to reopen after storm repairs. When that happens, passengers will be able to take the train from 30 meters above sea level to over 2,400 meters enjoying breathtaking forest views. Elan County has launched a new long-term care outreach project and it's in a very tasty form. The project is a coffee truck. It aims to entice passers-by to enjoy a cup of joe and have a chat with older people's care. The truck is staffed by volunteers from Tocheng's St. Francis Care Home and volunteers with dementia. By coming into the community, they provide education and support for carers who might be in need of care services. There's a wide range of events and services available for older people, which some members of the public 
might not be aware of. A steady stream of coffee beans is ground and then brewed and poured with a filter. And here's your fresh pour-over coffee. This older gentleman is a suave barista, but he's not actually in a cafe. He's a volunteer from St. Francis Care Home in Tocheng, Yilan. This coffee truck is mainly run by our older volunteers and our elders together, and they make professional single-origin pour-over coffee. The goal of the truck is not caffeine per se, but to use a cup of your beverage of choice to have a chat with passers-by about the challenges that carers of older people face. They hope to come into contact with families who need the support of care services. We are providing information about old age care. We also have a health promotion class and board game events, as well as many different lectures and talks about old age care. Looking at Elan's 12 townships, Tocheng's population of older people is one of the three highest. The truck provides an outreach and inquiry service which is findable, visible, and usable, and promotes the long-term care 2.0 policy. A baseball throwing game, a memory game, and a dumpling wrapping competition. These public events invite older people to learn and create together. I think this mobile coffee truck and the learning aids they have can strengthen and deepen the impact of their outreach. Through the games, we can gain more practical knowledge. Elan's long-term care coffee truck is the first of its kind in Taiwan. Its mission to spread knowledge and support is just getting started. Today we tell the story of Nanfang Ao Mosque and the people who worked hard to create it. Nanfang Ao is an Elan fishing community with many migrant fishermen from Indonesia. But several years ago, there was no mosque in the entire county of Ilan. That was until a group of fishermen came together to create a peaceful space to pray. After years of hard work and with the help of a local business owner and an interpreter, they made their dreams a reality. An alleyway off Lixing Street in Nanfang Ao, the call to prayer rings out. This is the first mosque in the Ilan area where Muslim fishermen can be supported in their prayers. The story began back in 2017. Seven or eight fishermen from Indonesia set up Forum Komunikasi Palawat Indonesia Taiwan, or the Taiwan Indonesian Mariners Organization. They shared their wish to set up a mosque with Zhang Xuanming, the owner of a local coin laundrette. I think what he said to me was, here you give them a place where they can pray, where they can calm their hearts and emotions, and they can find the motivation to keep on working hard. At first, the group rented an apartment where they set up a simple mosque space, but soon the landlord wanted to use the apartment for another purpose, so they decided to pool resources and bought an apartment of their own to make a permanent mosque. But local government couldn't find an appropriate law to legislate the space, and then Zhang was diagnosed with cancer and needed chemotherapy. Things looked bleak, but then another figure stepped in. That person was Kasana, an Indonesian immigrant who lives with her husband in Ilan's Drongwei township. She grows cantaloupes and works as an interpreter for the county government. During an interpreting job, she met some fishermen from Nanfang Ao and heard about their attempts to create a mosque. 
I took this action plan to Taipei Grand Mosque and told them, these migrant workers have saved some money and they really want to establish a mosque. And they came back right away and said, okay, the Chinese Muslim Association will pay for everything. The Namfang Al Mosque was born in 2019. This steady home for Muslims in Elam provides a place where migrant workers can pray, relax, and find peace, making it one of the town's most precious amenities. A father from Taoyuan has won fame online for his drawings in his daughter's school book. Mr. Lin was challenged by his wife to sign his daughter's parents' book, which is a way for teachers and parents to communicate. So Mr. Lin accepted the challenge and took to filling the signature space with unique illustrations instead of his signature. Then he started putting the drawings online and the response was huge. Mr. Lin is now committed to the project every day until his kids graduate from elementary school. A real-life lesson in perseverance. Mr. Lin picks up his ballpoint pen and starts to sketch out a rabbit. But this is no sketchbook. It's his daughter's Notes for Parents book from school. Flip through the book and every single parent's signature box is filled with a cartoon character or celebrity sketch, or even a topical joke. One day, my wife suddenly said, Our oldest daughter only has one year of elementary school left, and you've signed her parents' book less than ten times. I thought, oh, that's right. So I said, well, I'll sign it tonight. And I love drawing, and I'm quite good at it, so I signed it with a drawing, and they loved it. His amazing likenesses are so good that the teacher initially thought it had to be a stamp. When Lin saw how much his daughters love the drawings, he made a big promise to draw every single page until their graduations. He even set up an online page for the drawings, which is a huge hit with more than 200,000 followers. She knows that her parents' book will be posted online, so when she's writing in it, I think she's more careful about writing neatly. That's useful too. When she does well on a test, she really cares if the fans know it. Talking to fans on the art page has become a hobby for the whole family. Mr. Lin perseveres with a new drawing daily in the hope of setting a good example. I want to set a good example and tell them, Daddy promised you this and he's going to see it through to the finish. In the future, that's how they should approach everything in life, giving it 100%. Lin is not a professional artist, but a sheet metal repair person. He has also worked as a professional soldier, truck driver, and magician. But through all his many projects, Lin has enjoyed drawing, and now that skill is creating a precious connection between him and his children.